Hey out there in mommy land, this is Mom Unfiltered. I am your host, Jacqueline. Today, we get to chat with a dynamic young woman who absolutely gives me life with her fire-fueled speaking. Kara Jelsey is a mother of five children, four boys and one spunky little girl. She leads the women's ministry Thrive Women of Worth at our local church, giving women a voice and a place in the body of Christ. Her wisdom through her amazingly beautiful journey as a mom gave me a lot of perspective about surrendering to God. So please like, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Now it's time for our program. Absolutely amazing. Just truly, truly amazing. Um, as everybody else says, we wish we could have more. <laughs> but I know that you're stretched mm-hmm. to um, to the thinnest with it. But um, yes, so how long have you been a mom? Oh, um, I've been a mom for, it will be six years on the 23rd of this month. And what child, because you have three, four, you have five. five. Mm-hmm. What child made you a mom? Um, my first three made me a mom all at once. Okay, all and at once. So I married my husband March 23rd, 2013. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so an anniversary weekend coming up. And um, I married my husband and his three boys. Um, he was a single dad for seven years. Oh, wow. And had full custody. And um, I was in it. And I loved it. Um, my husband and I dated for a year uh, before we uh, got married. And I was first and foremost, before I could pursue a relationship with him, I had to know that. God had already called me to be those boys' mom. Mm-hmm. And so motherhood for me wasn't, I birthed them and I delivered them. You know, I it was uh, getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were 7, 9, and 11. Um, my husband and I started dating. And it was a process. Mm-hmm. And it was a trust process. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I knew that when my husband and I got married, I was mom. They were already had been calling me mom. Oh, wow. Um, probably three or four months after my husband and I got together, um, the first, uh, the younger two, and then the oldest um, a few months after that. And I remember when my oldest, uh, Joshua, first called me mom, it was just such a eye-locking with my husband Patrick experience of, ah, yes, like, this is, this was trust that had been built and time that had been invested in these boys, and I knew that when I was marrying my husband, I was marrying the whole package, and I've never looked at my boys any different than 
anything but my kids. And but you, you, um, you modeled it very well because I had no idea <laughs> when I met you. I thought those were all your children. I was like, wow, she's really young. She must have started early. <laughs> oh, you I know? just look really good <laughs> for my age. <laughs> right. That too. But I'm like, wow. And when I when I found out that they weren't your biological children, I was like, wow, she manages that pact very well. Mm-hmm. And you emulate for me the Proverbs 31 woman. Like your children rise up and call you blessed. Yes, I see that with those boys. That mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, so were you raised with a spiritual belief that played a part in you raising your children? Absolutely. I actually, um, I was myself adopted. Mm-hmm. And so um, I grew up as in a Christian home. My mom grew up Lutheran. Um, my biological father um, was MAA most of my life and, and he was in and out of the picture until I was about nine and uh, my mom got remarried very shortly after she was divorced from my biological father she always had Christian background she was a believer um, she and my dad uh, got married in 1989 when I was three and uh, when I was nine years old he adopted me and so the, had I known I was going to be a mom to these, have the opportunity to be a mom to these boys and go have gone through what I've gone through in my life, I would have, I just, I didn't, I didn't understand it at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what, <laughs> what was going on. But as a child, I know that I was raised by my stepfather, quote unquote, that raised me as his own, mm-hmm. that I knew nothing but unconditional love from my stepfather. I never was treated differently. I have three younger brothers and I was never treated any differently than um, one of his own. And so I grew up in the church, um, Assemblies of God, and uh, went to the same church from 1989 off and on, um, but pretty steadily from 1997 mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. until um, I left in end of 2012. So I grew up Assemblies. I, I grew up um, Pentecostal. I grew up going to a Christian school, and um, I grew up with a dad that loved me as his own. Mm-hmm. And so that played a huge part in who I am as a mom and um, who God's called me to be as my, a mother mm-hmm. because I knew what the spirit of adoption looked like at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And I, it didn't all come together <laughs> until after my husband and I had got married. And God kind of downloaded to me, like, that's what I did for you. Mm. That's what your dad did for you. Mm. And that's what now you're doing for those boys. Praise God. It's a spirit of adoption mm-hmm. that we all have. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, in, in and of myself, Jacqueline, I wouldn't know how to model that. Mm-hmm. I was 25 years old when my husband and I met. Mm-hmm. I was young. Mm-hmm. I had been married once before in a broken relationship and uh, I was afraid. So in and of myself, I was very fearful, very insecure, um, very performance driven. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what true authentic love looked like for a long time because of my relationship in the past. And so in meeting my husband, he'll tell you, (laughs) 
Um, so it took me a big jackhammer to get over <laughs> Kara's walls <laughs> that she had built up around her heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he felt to pursue me. Mm. And um, I was scared to death because of everything that I had gone through. And um, so in being a spiritual mom and raising my kids um, in church and just with biblical principles, that was super important to me. It's how I was raised. But there was some differences because um, I kind of felt like I had to perform when I was a child. Mm. I had to be the good girl. I had to be good you had to show. I had, had to, to make the family look serve good. in the right. ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. have to, but it's just mm-hmm. what was I felt like expected of me. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't do anything bad, quote unquote, bad growing up. Mm-hmm. I always checked in. We didn't have cell phones, mm-hmm. you know. I always checked in with my parents, let them know where I was going, where I was doing. Even after I got my license, before I had my license, I was, you know, with friends. I would always check in. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have sex outside of marriage mm-hmm. with either of my marriages. Oh, wow. I didn't have, I didn't, you know, I never drank. I never smoked. I never did drugs. I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, like, but everything I did was based on how good I was. Mm-hmm. So my when my life shattered, when I got divorced, I was willing to stick it out with this guy no matter what. I literally groveled at his feet begging him, mm-hmm. even though he I knew he had been involved in some things that probably weren't good for the marital relationship. Right. And But I remember just, whatever it takes, like you just don't get divorced. Right, this is a marriage. Like, you, yeah. this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of person are people going to look at me if, if they know I've been divorced? And so I, I worked that out with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, he took me on a beautiful journey um, the summer after my husband left me and just reminded me who I was in him. Mm-hmm. And I only can um, convey it like I felt like Jacob when he wrestled with the angel. And he said, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Right. So I had an experience like that on my living room floor um, in June of, oh gosh, 2011. And I was so much battling my, my emotions and my feelings and feeling insecure. I was working out six nights a week, and I was just trying to get my body <laughs> looking good. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Just yes, yes. battling my self-image, and I'm not good enough, and all this stuff. I was so tired of it. I was working at a church, as I am now, mm-hmm. uh, my my old church, and we um, had Fridays. I think we had Fridays off, not Mondays. And uh, it was just a weekday, and I shut all the blinds in my house, and I was just like, put on worship music, and I said, God, I'm not going to let you go until you deliver me from this, because mm. I'm not going to walk around being led around by my feelings, my mm. emotions, my insecurities. Mm. I'm not going to be that person. Yes. And I'm not going to let somebody else's actions dictate me right? or have a power over me. Right. They have no power over me. You wanted your freedom. I wanted freedom. Well, this man, off. who I had been with eight years, I was like, didn't know who I was, because mm-hmm. I was so young. I was, We were young when we got together. We both didn't know who each other were, but I thought he was my best friend, and we spent every waking moment, you know, together mm-hmm. when we weren't working, mm-hmm. and um, so, yeah, one of those things that God 
took me out. So that kind of grit and strength, that's something that I always go back to even in motherhood. God, I'm struggling with something. I'm struggling with the battle. I'm struggling with who I am, my identity as a mother in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I go back to that moment that God delivered me. It took five and a half hours on the carpet of crying in a fetal position, of praying, of dancing, and God delivered me. Yes. I didn't, I I got up with joy and peace and I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because it's a scenario that fast forward several years later, seven years later in 2018 was the hardest year of motherhood of my life. Wow. And I literally did the same thing. It wasn't five and a half hours. I don't have five and a half hours because now I have a four and a two-year-old. Two-year-old, yes. But spunky two-year-old. It was very spunky. <laughs> She's, uh, so I did the same thing. I'm not going to be led around by emotions. I'm tired of having the ups and the downs and feeling so low and mm-hmm. so inadequate as a mother mm-hmm. and so inadequate of who I am. God, you gave me these boys. And whatever's going on, whatever they're dealing with, help me to love them unconditionally where they're at. Yes. Despite their actions. Right. I'm not going to make them perform like I felt like I had to perform. Mm-hmm. And so, same thing. And God has totally revealed himself to me and delivered me from being trapped in that mindset. Wow. And so that that's that played a huge part in my... It's amazing how your story, your past... Mm-hmm. And what you learn from it can help you with where, you, where you're at today, with your mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. That is so amazing. Women, women, did you, I hope you got what she said. God, I'm not going to let you go mm-hmm. until you deliver me. Mm-hmm. That is so bold. That is so bold. Mm-hmm. He, want, he wants to. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want to see his 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 children bound by anything, but he wants us to ask. Mm-hmm. We have to want it, yeah. Because there's a question like somebody battling addiction or battling something. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to let it go? Right. How bad do you really right. want to? You know. So there's mm. you gotta want it. Yeah. You gotta want to be free. Or God, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go to deliver me. Because it's it shows tenacity, it shows perseverance, it shows mm-hmm. I really do want this. I do want to be mm-hmm. free from the guilt or the condemnation. I do mm-hmm. want to be uh, free from feeling inadequate as a mother. Right. I don't have to live with that because no. God says I'm qualified. Right. He qualified you. He did. And gave you your assignment. And he gave you my. I gave me my assignment. He gave mm-hmm. me those three boys, and mm-hmm. it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey with them. Mm-hmm. Um. Do I still battle a little bit? My thoughts, yes, but I take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Through you, Lord, I can do this. I need help with this, Lord. Give me wisdom. And that's big, my biggest thing as a mother. The Bible says if you ask of wisdom, he'll give it to you liberally and without reproach. Mm-hmm. So I ask, God, give me wisdom. Okay. Give me wisdom. I don't know how to do Okay. It's okay to admit as mothers that we don't know how to do no. this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We don't have a handbook. <laughs> no, just the Bible. <laughs> so we're seeing just a little bit of how um, the three boys have changed your life. Mm-hmm. So how have your two youngest 
changed your life? Oh man. <laughs> you know, people assume that when I, I got pregnant with Hank in 2014, um, my pregnancy was easy. I was working full time. After I had him, I thought this is gonna be great. It's gonna be fine. And people assumed she already knows how to be a mom, mm -hmm. right? So you don't so need I help. Didn't, yeah, and you know there wasn't a whole lot of reach. Out. I mean, there was people checked on his family, and but it just felt like I was so alone. And I didn't. I was so proud at that moment. I didn't want to even admit that I didn't know what I was doing. Because mm -hmm. you didn't have. Babies. I never, never had babies. Right. You, you know, got I them had at seven, seven nine, nine, and 11. Yeah. So they can poop on their own. They can feed themselves. They got it. They, they can even good, read. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to even teach them that. Right. You know, it was. So uh, I, I remember having Hank. And we had had a miscarriage before, before Hank. And there was a lot of hormones and emotions and stuff that goes mm -hmm. with that, of course. But I remember having this little boy. And now I was staying home, which was also uncomfortable for me. And uh, just feeling very lonely and very inadequate. Mm -hmm. um, and by the time, two years later, when you know I got pregnant when Hank was, uh, with Georgia, when Hank was a year old. So now I, uh, we find out it's a girl. So now I'm gonna have four girl, or four boys and one, one girl. girl. And then I really got scared. So I'm like, I have no idea what raising a girl looks like. I didn't even get to watch my mom raise a girl. And so I just thought, I don't know if I can do this. Right. And I felt so inadequate in so many ways. And I, I think I still do. I still have questions. I still have insecurities of having a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, because I've never done it before. Right. And so I just feel like my husband's more equipped than I am. He's been there, done that. Because he's yeah. been there, uh -huh. and he's so good. Mm -hmm. He's—I really do have an amazing, supportive husband. Um, so I, I couldn't. I could. I, I just. I'm not me without him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just. Yeah, I adore him. <laughs> so I, I really do. I'm so thankful because uh, sometimes I doubt myself, and he's very encouraging and. Um, so anyway, so it's helped mold and shape me in so many ways, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Right. Because right. it's hard. Right. And having such a huge gap in between the kids. Yeah. So. Yeah, those gaps really are, yeah, I have a 17 and 3. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you started all over again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I mean, it's like Pat started, my husband Patrick started all over again, but me, it's like, mm, it's kind of you're just getting started yeah and he's almost seven years older than I am and so um, he's a little bit more seasoned right so and, and he's a lot more level-headed and he gives the wisdom <laughs> he's got the wisdom he does mm -hmm. and he's like don't fret it's gonna be okay I'm like but you know <laughs> but you don't understand <laughs> Yeah. And then you have to go, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You get it more than I do, man. You do. So what, if anything different, would you do? As a mom? As a mom. Oh, gosh. What would I do different? Like, from now, from years ago till now? From any time. From any time. Oh, gosh. 
I have learned so much, Jacqueline, in the last seven years. So we're coming up on six years, our anniversary, but but in the last seven years, um, I would lose my control. Mm-hmm. I would, um, seven years ago, I would have said, committed my kids truly to the Lord. Mm-hmm. God, they're yours. I trust you. I believe you are who you say, and I believe you love my kids. Mm-hmm. Because as for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I struggle with letting my kids go mm-hmm. and trusting that God is who he says he is, and he loves them so much. And when they start making choices on their own, or they're, I feel they're acting irresponsibly or foolish or whatever, I'm like the first to be like, do you know what you've been doing? Yeah, like, I can help you thing. with that. Yeah, do you want me? I'll, let, here, let me take over. Mm-hmm. I'll write down what you should do to succeed. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. follow these steps and you'll succeed. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I've operated. Right. And so that um, that approach in motherhood has almost cost me my relationship with my 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so if I could go back and teach old me <laughs> something it would be trust me with your kids mm-hmm. trust God with your kids mm-hmm. and um, if you do that and you let go it's the hardest thing ever mm-hmm. um, you'll you'll win them back around oh, wow. and um, loving them right where they're at in their season mm-hmm. uh, it's hard but if you don't do it, you're gonna lose them forever. Right. And um, I'm I'm learning, and I'm learning to keep my mouth shut, which is very hard. Oh man, for a mom. Yeah. So control and just keep your mouth shut. That's your opinion. It might be a a, a biblical opinion, <laughs> but they're not ready to hear right now. Right. And my oldest would say to me, "Mom, you're gonna have to let me fail." You're going to have to let me fall on my face. And as mothers, I don't feel like we want our kids do that because it's so heartbreaking. We want to save them. We want to wave the red flags in front of their face, write down some instructions, and have them follow it. Mm -hmm. When the kids were little, my husband used to say, guys, you you need to do your schoolwork. You need to work on getting good grades. And you need to do your one chore a week, whatever. Like, we've taken all the thinking out of it for you. You just have to follow instructions. Mm-hmm. When they get to these ages, 16 and plus, it doesn't work like that anymore. Mm-mm. You guide them as much as you can, and you love them. And you have to watch them make choices that are hard. And you have to watch them fail. And our hope is that when they fail, they feel safe enough to come back home. Mm-hmm. So, That's a blessing. Um, one of the ladies I interviewed, Naomi, said, um, our children are on loan from God. Mm-hmm. They're on loan. Yep, absolutely. And so we only get so much time mm-hmm. to impart in them his wisdom. We only get so much time. And you kind of summed it up that way, too. Yeah. 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 That's so scary. Yeah. Oh, it is. Absolutely. I've never been... Motherhood has never rocked me so hard as it did in 2011. Never. 
that is preparing you because you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, we still have, have a few more. Four more to come up. Yeah, so we have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old that are coming mm-hmm. right up. And, and what I've realized, and I've, not, I've heard it my whole life, but it goes by fast, ladies. You know, yeah. it, it really does. If you have young children, oh, my gosh. And you just think, oh, but I, my gosh, the last seven years, I've watched these little boys turn into men right. making their own choices having girlfriends going out on dates like uh, you know making plans for the future and what they want to do in their life mm-hmm. and I'm like shading and you know what I mean I'm just like oh my gosh it's they're in four years we're only gonna have two kids at home in four years I've only have two children left at home wow that's a big it's big <laughs> I'm, I'm <sitting> <laughs> I know. Sorry, Jacqueline. I'm so sorry. I always get epiphanies to have talking to moms. I'm like, don't remind me. <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to the last little, mm-hmm. to smell them every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to hold on to this. What do you think your life would be like if you hadn't received this gift of motherhood? If God didn't say, Kira, motherhood is not the gift I want to give you. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like being a mother, not for all mothers, because I know some moms, maybe not. I know of some moms, maybe not. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Um, I would be a lot more selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people that don't ha- have kids, but it does make you. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to come out wrong. <laughs> it's unfiltered, so <laughs> Nobody, nobody's judging <laughs> mother does help you to be selfless yes so let me just sometimes phrase that that way yes yes because I look at the boy's biological mom and that didn't happen for her Mm -hmm. and uh, I would I don't know I don't get it because before I even had my own biological children I had God gave me that mother's heart where I would do anything for those kids Mm -hmm. anything and so, I mean, I guess, I mean, I would just live in, I mean, I would just, I'd have more money. <laughs> I'd have more time and save money on food. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, how, so nobody, nobody eats when you have boys. Nobody gets to eat. That's why no, you have a nice figure. <laughs> yeah, I'm always last in the, I make the food, and then I'm tending to the little one who never wants to eat when everyone wants one, and then by the time I go and. There's not much left. You have tea. Like, yeah. Have yeah. tea. Tea. Yes. Hot tea. It's nine. I shouldn't eat past nine anyway. It's good. And, but I grew up with brothers. And I grew up with brothers that are very tall, very big, and have hefty appetites. And so, as did my dad. So, it was always... You better get it while it's there, right. you know. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I was the oldest, they were always out eating me. So right. Gotta get it while it's it. there. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. So with regards to your ministry, um, your woman's ministry, um, when do you think God called you for that? Oh my goodness! When I got a call from my pastor and his wife asking me if I would do it, <laughs> I honestly never thought I would be. And I don't want that to come out the wrong way. Right. But um, 
somebody recently was in the office. I work at the church, so the door's always open. And I, somebody had recently said something, and I was like, uh, I never, I don't know if I felt directly called, mm -hmm. but when I heard the call, mm -hmm. I knew I had peace, and it was for me. And it was almost like God was leading me before I even knew it. Mm -hmm. And um, I often ask him why, and I feel like I keep getting an answer of, because you're walking in obedience, mm -hmm. and you're going to do it, you know? And so I didn't understand it at first, because I've always loved women. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I, I really have. Um, I love girl time. Mm -hmm. uh, I love... Uh, the giftings and abilities that women possess. Um, but with that, oftentimes women are held back by fear, mm. held back by f comparison with other women, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> held back by insecurity, held back by their past, guilt, shame, whatever. Yeah. That they don't have a voice because. Right. Because. And that's hard ground to plow with women. It's hard territory mm -hmm. to try to encourage that. Encourage that you are who God says that you are. Right. That's what you are. That's hard. Yeah. Because we want to believe it, but it's hard to walk that out as women. Right. And so I love, so I never thought I'd be like a leader of women's ministry. Mm -hmm. And even when I hear that, I'm not like I'm like I have a team. I need them. I do not do a one-woman show. Right. I don't have what it takes. I'm completely inadequate in and of myself. Yeah, I'm just like a loud voice. I don't mind taking the mic and orchestrating and like, but I love to hear from other women and I love to see other women rise up in their gifts and abilities. It's something I'm super passionate about, and I get super sad when women are choosing not to rise above in their gifts. I get super sad because I believe that it's robbing everybody else around them. Mm -hmm. Because I believe you have a voice. And I believe that you have gifts that I surely don't have. Mm -hmm. Man, <laughs> that's why we need each other. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, it's played a huge part of my life for the last year and a half. But let me tell you, it's been really hard, but it's been beautiful at the same time because every act of obedience, um, it's, uh, it's what God's called us to do is live a life of obedience and perseverance and faith in him and trusting that he's working all things out together for good. So I, I've, I, I've joked with my pastor like if he calls me into his office are you letting me go <laughs> because because in and of myself I know I can't do it and right. I know I'm going to fall short mm -hmm. but in him he's given me what we need so yes you speak such a good word I mean I hear the Pentecostal <laughs> You do. When you're bringing the word. <laughs> when I speak. When you see me jumping up and running around the church, I hear the Pentecostal <laughs> when you are speaking. I'm like, 
So you didn't know I that was my background? I did not know. Yeah, the Holy Ghost spilled yes. fire baptized no, right I here. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I'm a lot more reserved yeah, here. Bitches, you you when you when you're up, you preach. Mm-hmm. When you're up and speaking, you even if I'm not on bring, the calendar to preach, you bring the <laughs> fire. But you bring the fire. You bring the fire. And um, fire baptized people can feel fire baptism. Yeah. You can feel the fire. Yeah. You can feel the I fire. believe that. I love that about you. I love that about you. I'm like, oh, he's going to speak tonight. I'm always looking. And I'm always like, somebody else. Please, somebody else. Please, somebody but else. It's amazing. I really love how um, I'm like, we're, we're one of the same. I really love how you're getting the women up to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all not mothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all soon to be, some of them yeah. soon to be moms. Yeah. And some of them are moms, and they have beautiful stories. And I'm like, she's she's seeing what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Get the women together. Mm-hmm. Let us speak. Mm-hmm. Because. Your voice. What I'm saying to you. Yeah. You could be, you could have went through. And you could help me get through. Mm-hmm. Nobody will ever know unless you speak up. Mm-hmm. And your voice is important. Your voice, your story, it is brings God glory. It, but if you keep it in, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's ever gonna know. Gonna you know can anything. just slip into the background. But, but it's scary. Like I going back, the scary thing for women to do. We're a fear of judgment. We're a fear of one another. And um, it's scary. It is. It's, it's um, puts you in a place where, well, they probably don't like me. Where, you know, but that self-doubt and mm-hmm. self-negative talk is something I've dealt with for a long time. And um, I'm really trying to get to be okay with me. Despite criticisms. Despite whatever may come mm-hmm. I just want to be me right I'm not trying to be anybody else right I'm, this is who I am you know I've, I've I met with um, a sister several months back and she confessed to me that well I, I my first with you I, I didn't think I liked you and I was like well why okay you know she says because I thought you were just fake and I thought, ooh, I don't want to be that way. Right. Do I come across that way? Because I was like, oh, my gosh. She goes, well, you were just so full of joy. And you were just like, She's like nobody's unhindered. That, nobody's Nobody that can be that. Right. It has to be fake. Right. you know. And I thought, oh, well, well, if I'm ticked off, you're going to know it. I'm not like that all the time. And I, I haven't even come to a women's group like that all the time. It's, it, honestly, if I'm really struggling, you're gonna, you're gonna see it on me. You're gonna know. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you ask me how I'm doing and I'm struggling, I'm gonna tell you I'm not doing so great. But thanks. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> you know. So you know, I'm, I'm human. But my natural, when I have it, I'm living in Christ and filled with Him. That's a natural thing that comes out of me. That supernatural things becomes natural for me, because it it means it's anybody, not just me. But it means you're abiding in Christ, right? And you're living as a conduit of Him. And That's I what that say, means. The devil doesn't the the devil doesn't want to see you showing people Christ. Oh you. no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. He gets mad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. You're, you're walking in it. 
you're, you're going to have joy. Mm-hmm. Despite the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's something I wasn't able to really put on in 2018. I, 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 you know, so that's why it baffled me because it was in 2018 that I met with this and I'm like, man, I feel like I've been really struggling this year in and, you know, in and of myself. So, but it was just, you know, one of those things, the enemy, you know, or people perceive their perceptions mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that she said that because right. it helped break the ice. Like, oh, and it made me self-evaluate, which I super think is super important, not only as a woman, but as a mother, mm-hmm. to self-evaluate. Look at yourself in the mirror. So sometimes we're doing it wrong and we need a redirection. Right. We need a revamp in our motherhood and our approach. We do. We're not going to get it right all the time. I have failed a many times. Mm-hmm. And in a many times I have sat down with my three boys and apologized. And that has been the most healing process of our relationship that I'm able to humble myself, ask for forgiveness. And then it doesn't stop there. Because they're teenagers. Your words are going to fall on deaf ears. Right. So the apology was for me... Mm-hmm. It was for them too, but it was for me. And then walking it out is my, that's what they're going to see. Mm-hmm. If I apologize. And then go back to the And then I go back to the same pattern. Right. It doesn't mean anything to them. They think I'm a fake and a liar. Right. And teenagers are very perceptive. Very. And so they know when mm-hmm. you're not being true. Mm-hmm. And when you're not walking it out, mm-hmm. you're not being true. One more question. Okay. What would the what is the greatest gift you want to give mothers that are going through what you've been through? What do you want to impart to them? Hmm. Don't give up. Don't throw the towel in because it does get hard. And I don't know if you know pertaining to blended family or. Um, just having a bunch of kids. <laughs> but um, in a blended family, love them as your own. Um, despite what the biological parent, where they're at, do your best to stand and love them right where they're at. And um, just don't give up. Don't give up because it's hard. It's not easy. Motherhood is not a walk in the park. And... Um, Find some support if you're struggling. Don't be afraid to reach out and say, I'm struggling because I was there. Like, I thought I had to have it all together. Or I thought people thought that I knew what I was doing. (laughs) And I didn't. And um, so it's okay to ask questions and bounce things off of other mothers and more seasoned mothers. I know I recently, in the last year, reached out to empty nesters Mm -hmm. because it's where I'm headed and not empty completely because we have a long ways for that right but my first first three oh and that one is just as hard you know Mm -hmm. my son moved out in September and it was hard and um and I miss him and the home atmosphere Mm -hmm. desperately yes it's not the same Mm mm-hmm so as each child, what it did is as each child move, moves out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to change the mm-hmm. dynamic of our household. Yeah. yeah. And so um, stay connected with your kids and don't give up and stand in the face of adversity 
and stand in love without judgment and without fear. I know it's easier said than done, but it's walking it out every day. Mm. Trusting that God's working it out in you and in your kids for good, for his purpose. And proclaim good things um, over your children, I would say. The words are powerful and life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And I really started speaking good things over my kids and praying uh, deliberate prayers over them. And um, it's been it's been really good for my heart, and I believe what I pray. <laughs> so. Yes. Oh yeah, believe what you pray. That's, that's some good advice right there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, you're so welcome. Thank so you. Excited. That was so powerful. So I always um, give this let let the women know if anybody wanted to contact you, um, how did they get a hold of you? <laughs> I I do. Um, I don't know what my best email would be. Um, I guess my uh, my email, my regular email is Kara K A R A H twenty three eighty six at gmail dot com. I don't know. <laughs> so if you, if or Kara, I work at the Bride Church. Yes. Call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me up. The Bride Church, Yuba City. <laughs> Yes, please tell her. Or you can contact her at momunfiltered at gmail.com <laughs> if you want to send her a message to tell you how much she has blessed your life. Kara, I really appreciate it. I love yeah, you so you, much. Jacqueline. Thank you, And we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>